0: Read verses 1 through 17. This is the word of the Lord. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish a hundred fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. The disciples are overwhelmed. Life recently has been throwing a lot at them. They were reeling from the harrowing experience of seeing Jesus, their master and their Lord, die in the most terrible possible way crucified at the hands of the Roman authorities, egged on by the crowds. This group of disciples was scared, and they were confused. They were overwhelmed. Peter especially was in bad shape. After denying Jesus not once, but three times, the guilt and regret must have been consuming his every thought About the time Peter had settled into his grief, Mary Magdalene comes along and drags him to the empty tomb. And then the risen Jesus appeared in the place where the disciples were staying, but then he disappeared. And then a week later, he reappeared to them and showed his scars to Thomas. Then he disappeared again. Peter had to be thinking, he's alive, he's gone. He's alive, he's not here. He's here, he's not here. It was too much to handle. What do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? When life has just given you too much to handle? Do you read a book? Do you go for a walk? Like me, do you raid the fridge? Do you spend time alone? Maybe you pray. Maybe you pour some wine. We all, of course, have our various coping mechanisms when we have reached a breaking point. Whenever Peter's fuses get blown by Jesus, he always, has, he always does the same thing. He looks at the other disciples and he says, I'm going fishing. And then he talks them into going fishing with him. Fishing, you see, was Peter's fallback plan. It was what he was doing before he met Jesus and he always figured he could return to it if this whole Messiah thing didn't pan out. Fishing was familiar and comforting and so disheartened and disillusioned Peter and the crew get back in the boats and they cast their nets in the water but nobody was catching anything. Perhaps their old skills had turned rusty or Maybe the fish had simply gone deep, but whatever the case on this night, their nets could strain nothing but the gloom from the black waters. But then at daybreak, just as they were about to pack it in, a stranger appears on the shore, a man who acts like he has fished these waters before, because he immediately starts dispensing advice. Why don't you throw your nets on the other side of the boat? He yells at them. They say, why not? And this time the strands of roped mesh grow taut and the men's muscles bulge. Fish. So many fish. The stranger's counsel has transformed their excursion from emptiness to abundance, from futility to triumph. By the way, this big catch made such an impression on the fishermen, especially John, that he even records the number here in the gospel, 153 large fish. It's one of the many interesting details included in this story. I think the 153 here is just meant to emphasize what a big haul of fish it was. Because you see, everyone who fishes seriously like John did or like Charlie Summers does, they can tell you how many fish they caught on a random Tuesday six years ago. And so it shouldn't be surprising how specific John is here. But with this abrupt change of fortune comes new perspective, an epiphany. It's the Lord, says John. And at that announcement, Peter abandons ship, swimming for shore and his Savior. Now this is a top ten Bible moment. Peter doesn't say a word, he just throws on some clothes, he dives in the water, and he swims to the risen Jesus. Now it may seem odd to us that Peter got dressed before jumping in the water. We usually take our clothes off before we go swimming, right? But I think it's even more odd that he didn't have any clothes on in the first place. I mean, was it that hot outside? Was it normal to fish naked back then? And why did John feel the need to share this strange detail, TMI, This week I tried to figure out what all of this means, but it turns out that nobody really has any clue. One explanation I liked said that this was John's way at poking fun at his knucklehead buddy, Peter. But I think Peter got dressed because he knew that being with Jesus meant that it was time to get to work. Because life with Jesus was rarely idle time. There was always so much to do when Jesus was around... Crowds to teach, invalids to heal, sinners to forgive. I think Peter was putting on his work clothes. But this encounter with the risen Jesus turns out not to be about getting to work. For they get on shore and they see Jesus there by the charcoal fire. That's another important detail here. And he's already got some fish of his own cooking and he's got some bread, and he invites them to eat. By now, all sorts of bells might be going off. Remember the feeding of the multitudes when Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish. But even more so, remember the last time that Jesus provided a miraculous catch of fish. Peter especially would remember that one. It was early on in his acquaintance with Jesus On that occasion, likewise, Jesus told him to let down his nets for a catch. And Peter told him that he had toiled all night and had caught nothing. But at his word, Peter did what Jesus said, and he pulled in a large number of fish. Peter says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. But Jesus tells him, don't be afraid, because from now on I will make you a fisher of people. But that was then, and this was now. Much has happened in between. Like him denying Jesus three times on that night a few weeks back. That night when he so proudly declared that even if all the others should desert the master, he would never do something like that. And yet just a little while later, the garden the arrest, following him to the courtyard, and then the famous denials. I am not one of his disciples. And again, I don't know what you're talking about. And a third time, I tell you, I don't know the man. Three times denying Jesus out in that courtyard, there, and here it is, there by that charcoal fire, You see, on the night when Peter denied Jesus, he was standing by a charcoal fire. And now here he is again, standing by a charcoal fire. In fact, and I thought this was interesting, the Greek word for charcoal fire, anthracia, occurs only two times in the whole New Testament. First in the courtyard scene of Peter's denial, and now here on the shore with Jesus and Peter standing together, by this charcoal fire that Jesus has prepared. Now, if it seems like Jesus may have done this for a reason, you're right. And that becomes even more clear with what happens next. Three times Peter had denied his Lord by a charcoal fire, but now three times Jesus will restore his denying disciple again by a charcoal fire. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs three times, he says this. His three denials have been forgiven three times over. For some things have happened in between, you see. In between the two charcoal fires, the one in the courtyard of his denial and now the one on the shore. In between Peter's denials and now Peter's restoration, in between, Jesus has gone to the cross where he, the Son of God, purchased Peter's forgiveness and ours. At this cross, Jesus made peace with God and humanity by taking upon himself the totality of all of our denials. This is how Jesus can forgive Peter's abandonment. And this, this cross, is how he forgives ours. And now, risen from the dead, our resurrected Lord Jesus still stands by his charcoal fire, calling all of his denying, deserting fallen disciples to come to him and be forgiven and restored. On a shoreline three years earlier, the disciples' lives were changed because they left everything to follow a man they thought could be the Messiah. They witnessed miracles on previous boats. They saw Jesus calm the rough seas, walk on water. They saw Jesus heal people, eat with sinners, produce enough food for 5,000, turn water into wine, raise people from the dead, tell story after story, all of the teaching moments throughout their three-year journey. And they all cowered in fear as their rabbi, their Messiah, their Lord, died a humiliating death on the cross. And yet even though these disciples, his followers, his friends, forgot him in his hour of need, He still came back, and he called them over to the fire. He broke bread, he forgave them, and he called them once again to follow me. And so how about us? How about you and me? How have we denied and deserted our Lord like Peter did I know that I have been just like Peter too many times, denying Christ by my words and my actions, surrendering to the pressures of this world, denying him also the times I have failed to speak or failed to act. Like Peter, you and I have turned away from our Lord Jesus more times than we can count. Some of these times in particular may stand out in our minds and memory like those times in the courtyard did for Peter. But the good news today is this, that Jesus is calling us over to himself again, calling us over to himself by the charcoal fire. Hear his voice and come and receive your forgiveness Because Jesus is restoring you today. Because no matter how many times you have fallen, Jesus will pick you up. What an amazing promise that is. Jesus is restoring you to himself. And he has work for you to do. For there are, as we know, so many sheep that need tending in this lost and hurting world. And so Jesus beckons us to come and be forgiven, to come and be restored. Thanks be to God.